what did I do with that winning lottery ticket? I hope I didn't put it in my pants and wash it and make it just go away. (laughs) Well, that's what a lady claims in California. 26 million bucks worth washed away. So this lady is a regular at this convenience store in Los Angeles. And she told workers she had left the ticket in her pants and put them in the wash. Now, normally you'd say, yeah, right. I mean, I did the same thing, but surveillance showed the woman purchasing, according to this, the winning ticket, right? I mean, they know that where the ticket was sold, what time it was sold, and they have it on film, her buying a ticket at that time, but you still need the ticket and you need proof. So the $26 million California lottery prize goes away because last week, Thursday was the last day to redeem it. And nobody did because you have to believe this lady, she purchased the ticket, right? I mean, the employees remember her. She's a regular and they have it on tape. The weird thing is they sent the tape to the lottery office and then they recorded over the tape. Why, why would you, why would you record over that man? If I were her, I would have kept that bad boy as uh, you know, further evidence just to have it. And you should be, they, again, they know the time it was sold. They have it on tape time stamped of her buying the ticket, but rules are rules. You need the ticket, right? You have to have a photograph of front or back, or there's gotta be a way to, you know, zoom in on the video, which, you know, I'm sure is very difficult with, you know, how it looks. Those video cameras at the convenience stores aren't necessarily, you know, 5g but they have her buying the ticket or a ticket and there was no one who claimed the ticket because she washed it away so i don't know what happens other than she just goes the rest of her life going i had 26 million dollars in my pocket and i ran it through the wash man think you're having a bad day (laughs) not as bad as that my friends Not as bad as that. Welcome, welcome to Chewing the Fat. You know, we hear about the lottos all over the country having, you know, unclaimed tickets. And according to a spokesperson for the, you know, California lottery, four prizes of 20 million or more haven't been claimed since 1997 including a 63 million dollar prize in 2015 wow but i mean that is different than knowing you actually purchased the ticket and washed it away right i mean she has proof of purchasing the ticket they have proof of the time stamp of when that ticket was sold and where it was sold so it's I know rules are rules, man, but that is a tough one to take. You know what else is tough to take is not knowing you're pregnant. Don't look at me. I'm not pregnant, (laughs) but I, I read a story about a lady who gave birth on an airplane flying from Salt Lake city to Honolulu. And the story is, you know, it's an incredible story of this baby's birth. It was at 29 weeks and fortunately there was a doctor on the plane there were three uh three nurses on the plane and the flight attendants you know know how to give birth i mean really anyone 
who's been through a birth knows how to give birth or help assist in giving a female birth, right? I mean, you just don't have the expertise if something goes wrong. And that was an issue with this child who was 29 weeks. They talked about using a shoelace to, you know, cut off the umbilical cord. And they used an Apple watch to monitor the heart rate. And they used, you know, someone's old sock for a hat. <laughs> I hope it wasn't, you know, I hope it was washed from a suitcase, but it didn't say. And, uh, you know, it was flying you know, over the ocean and they made a big deal about, oh, is the baby an American? You think, you think it's over, it's over, you know, you're flying on an American flight flying from a U.S. state to another U.S. state, you're an American citizen. But they made such a big deal out of it, it makes me think that the lady isn't a citizen. Um, it's just me thinking out loud, that's all. I, I don't know that. It didn't say. It just said that, uh, you know, the lady was flying from Salt Lake City to Honolulu, and they made such a big deal out of this kid whether it was going to be, you know, a citizen or not, that it gives, leads me to believe that one of the parents, if not the mother, was not an American citizen. But I didn't say in any of the stories that I read. But the other thing that struck me was that she was 29 weeks pregnant and didn't know she was pregnant. Uh, okay, thank you. I guess it's possible they said, you know, oh, a lot of women don't know they're pregnant. Not any of the women I know or have known. Uh, they pretty much know soon. I mean, there are times, I guess, in the first few weeks, maybe, that you think you don't know why you're feeling different. You're not quite sure. Something isn't quite right. Then you realize, hey, uh, I'm uh, going to have a baby. I'm pregnant. But you know you're pregnant. And after 29 weeks, you don't know you're pregnant? Come on now. I find that very hard to believe. And she didn't look like one of those 800-pound women. <laughs> you know, I mean, you hear the stories of the, you know, my 800-pound life. And, you know, she was pregnant and, you know, you can't tell. I get it. But you still know, you know your body well enough to know something isn't the same right i mean you have to i i don't know you know uh, granted i know don't look at me like that i know i'm not a female i could identify as one but that doesn't make me one so i've never been pregnant i've been around a whole bunch of women that have been pregnant <laughs> you can quote me on that i've been around a whole bunch of women that have been pregnant and every one of them including the females that were impregnated from me, or at least that's what I was told, knew that they were pregnant. And we see all the time, uh, you know, when people come into your life that you know that are friends, uh, females, and they have that different look, that pregnant look, that extra little glow, that extra little beam of being, you know, having another body in their body. And it happens all the time. Uh, you know, you've witnessed it in your life. You know you have. You've seen your daughter, your niece, your sister, your wife. And you know, you go, man, what? you look, something is different. 
And that's because, I don't know, they're pregnant. And they know it. I mean, I can, I can tell you that uh, when my first wife, the f- when she was pregnant with my oldest son, that's where I got the, you know, for the first, I don't know, two or three weeks, it was like, you know, she didn't feel right. She wasn't, we were both working crazy hours and she was running a hospital. And I was, you know, at that time I was, you know, way out of my league. I was running a grocery store. She's running a hospital. Uh, hello. And, uh, so, but I mean, we were both working crazy hours and, you know, it was, uh, like something isn't right. She didn't feel right. And then she, we, I remember, I remember sitting at the dining room table and having her go, you know, I think I'm pregnant. Pretty sure I'm pregnant. You just know, I just find it so hard to believe that you don't know you're pregnant. I just, I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't understand it. I don't see how that is even possible. And you can email me chewing the fat at the blaze.com and tell me, Oh, Jeff, you don't know what you're talking about. Of course it's possible that you don't know you're pregnant. You just, you're going through your life and you don't understand your body. And all of a sudden it's different. And you think you're maybe gaining a little weight or you don't feel good. And you just, of course you realize you're not pregnant. You don't know if you're pregnant or not. Okay. All right. Email me. Let me know. Let me know how it's possible because I don't see how it's possible. I just don't. I just, but anyway, congratulations. She had the baby. Baby, mom are fine. The baby is still in the uh, intensive care of the NICU unit in Honolulu. Mom is, uh, was allowed to, uh, to be, leave the hospital. They're both fine. The doctor did great. The doctor, the one story I read, uh, you know, when they were calling if they're a doctor on board, his daughter was like, hey, dad. Uh, they need a doctor. So uh, he came out. They had the three nurses there. It was perfect. She, I guess she was originally freaking out in the bathroom. Uh, so, you know, that's a heck of a flight over the Pacific. Uh, yeah, we got a pregnant lady. And, uh, you know, we all need to pitch in. I, yeah, no, I need my mask on. And uh, I was waiting for something to drink. And I was in the middle of eating my <laughs> eating my peanuts. So do you mind? <laughs> And then, you know, there was a, there was a video released, millions of views, everybody clapping and a baby was just born on the plane and everybody's cheering and applauding and congratulating. And, you know, I, you know, I guess the, uh, you know, the baby was, uh, you know, airborne, <laughs> get it airborne. <laughs> I know you're welcome. Hey, let me take a second and talk to you a little bit about HR issues. For so many of you running a business, HR issues can kill you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, and HR manager salaries uh, aren't cheap. An average of 70000 bucks a year for an HR manager. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft your HR policy, and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they're going to get you're going to customize your policies to fit your business and help manage your employees day to day. 
And it's all just for 99 bucks a month. And it's month to month, no hidden fees, and you can cancel anytime. You and I both know you didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. Ugh, no one wants to do that. Well, Bambi does. So let Bambi help you. Get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash Jeff right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash Jeff. Remember, I told you it's B-A-M-B-E-E-D-O-T-C-O-M slash J-E-F-F. Bambi.com slash Jeff. Bambi, bam, to the B-E-E dot com slash Jeff. Let's get that HR monkey, so to speak, off your back. (laughs) Let Bambi help you get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash Jeff right now to schedule your free HR audit. Bambi.com slash Jeff. Okay, this is a weird case that I'm not quite sure I... I mean, I understand it. Kobe Bryant, uh, you know, died January 26th, 2020. Boy, it seems like so long ago. January 26th, 2020, when his helicopter was, you know, crashed. And they they all died. There was was seven people on board. Anyway, uh, the whole... thing was you know sad it was you know pilot error and it killed the basketball star and you know the others on the the flight but the wife of kobe vanessa has filed a federal lawsuit against los angeles county that alleges invasion of privacy um okay um a couple of the firefighters were there and they took photos on their phone of the wreckage. What? I know. And according to her, Vanessa, uh, and the attorney, they served no business necessity only to serve, to appeal the baser instincts and desires for what amounted to visual gossip. Okay. Uh, the third firefighter, uh, was involved because he had photos sent to him. Now, the media relations officer who went to the scene and later shared the images with off-duty firefighters and their wives and girlfriends while socializing at an award ceremony uh, a little after a month after the crash. The two firefighters, one of whom was um, at the site solely to monitor safety procedures, were sent intention to discharge. The third firefighter was received intention to suspend. Okay. Um... Los Angeles County says there's no legal basis for Vanessa Bryant's lawsuit. The photos were not publicly disseminated. Uh, you know, she can, can't sue for a hypothetical harm. Um, okay, no problem. Now, a couple of sheriff's deputies took photos and they shared the photos with family and friends. And in one case, a bar patron and a bartender who later complained to the sheriff's department. What kind of bartender complains to the police department about photos of a of a of a an accident scene come on now what do we live in america anymore (laughs) 
well, that was Los Angeles County. So the sheriff, Alex Villanueva, condemned the deputy's behavior, and he told them to delete the photos. And, you know, they everybody says, why did you tell him to delete? Because he wanted them gone. And, you know, I guess one of the, one of the sheriff stations, uh, you know, pushed back on the decision and was told, um, zip it, delete the photos. Now, and they investigated and they all got their little discipline and their hand slaps. And then Newsom signed a law that makes it a crime for first responders to take unauthorized photos of deceased, deceased people at the scene of an accident or crime. Now, if you're a first responder, I would almost say that most of any of the photos are authorized. I just, you can't share them, right? Now, one of the, uh, one of the people that were, got in trouble for it said that they sent him the photos and that's what they do. Um, Captain Tony and Brenda, he has filed a retaliation lawsuit saying he was demoted for refusing to hand over his personal cell phone. He turned over his department cell phone and laptop, and he received photos from people working at the crash site, as is common practice on all major incidents. So it's really weird that, uh, you know, I, I can see it being wrong to share with family, friends, and you're at a bar getting drunk. I take a look at this. That's Kobe Bryant. This is this is helicopter crash. That's Kobe right there. I think I might be the other guy. I mean, that's <laughs> it's not really right, but I mean, what is Vanessa Bryant? I mean, is she short on cash. Is Kobe's money not good enough. I mean, she's got to be worth. What the heck is Kobe worth? Half a billion dollars? 300 million? I don't know. I, I really, I, I'm not sure what Kobe was worth, but he was certainly a very well off businessman, you know, athlete from the NBA. So I, I don't think he was a billionaire, though, or not, you know, not really close. But, you know, what's Vanessa get out of this? I don't know. They, they, they didn't really share it with the public. Although you could make the argument that, you know, wives and girlfriends, uh, you know, are public, but none of it went public, went, you know, TMZ public. <laughs> so it was actual, you know, it is hypothetical harm. Anyway, uh, don't be taking pictures. If you're a first responder, don't do it. Don't do it. You stop doing your job. Don't take pictures for future reference unless it's authorized. So I guess you have to just, if you're a first responder, what you have to show up and say, Hey, authorization to take pictures for, you know, documentation. So you actually get, you know, authorization to take those pictures. I mean, you're a first responder. That's what you're supposed to do. You know, after you respond, <laughs> Hey, wow, we're here. Look at how bad it is. Let me snap a couple of shots with my cell phone real quick before I go over and rescue some people. That seems to be, maybe that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that is a problem. But uh, Vanessa, anyway, we'll see what happens in this lawsuit. Vanessa might get some serious cash from Los Angeles County. We shall see. We are at a tipping point in America. With 400,000 children in the U.S. foster care system and a quarter of those awaiting a forever family, Christians must step up. This is Jack Graham, senior pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, inviting you to Chosen a summit addressing these urgent needs on Saturday, April 13th. 
Chosen will empower churches to begin foster care and adoption ministries and equip families who are adopting or fostering. We have great speakers joining me, including Sadie Robertson Huff and Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas, along with dozens of breakout sessions. I urge you to join us and help make a difference in the lives of these precious children. Register at Prestonwood.org chosen. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. Oh, man. Thank you for listening to Chewing the Fat today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Oh, I'm sorry, and any non-binary passenger who happens to be along for the ride here today on Chewing the Fat, I want to apologize. I don't know if anyone is part of the rail, maritime, and transport unions. (laughs) I'll tell you what I'm talking about, okay? A British train company founded in 2003. And it's just a train company. It crosses Yorkshire, Northeast England, and Scotland. And, uh, you know, the conductor said, Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And a non-binary passenger who serves as the Rail, Maritime, and Transport Union's LGBT rep. That's not the LGBTQIA plus rep. It's the LGBT rep. He tweeted, to the North London Eastern Railway. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So as a non-binary person, this announcement doesn't actually apply to me, so I won't listen. And that's how I read his tweet, in that tone. (laughs) That's what it sounded like to me. But the train company, of course, replied, I'm really sorry to see this, Lawrence. Our train managers should not be using language like this. And I thank you for bringing it to my attention. Please, could you let me know which service you are on? And I will ensure they will remain as inclusive as we strive to be at L-I-N-E-R, which is the London Northeastern Railway. I'm telling you what, we are in a, that's a sad state. But that, look, we've had other issues like that with, uh, with tweets and Facebook posts in the United Kingdom. So Lawrence got all got his little panties in a wad and he tweeted out that tweet. He got 36 likes. And he got did get 142 responses and 52 retweets. <sighs> sad, Lawrence sad. I don't know if Lawrence uh, actually has any followers or not. Let's take a look, shall we? Uh at Lawrence123 Boy, that's that's genius right there. Uh, he is. Oh, isn't that special? His tweets are protected. I don't know if his tweets were protected before this or not, because some of the replies and uh, comments were not really on Lawrence's side. <laughs> I know, I know, but uh, his pronouns they them because non-binary oh that's so special and he is an lgbtq plus officer the rmt union that's so nice and he's the rep and he he got a little got his panties in the wad because the conductor said good afternoon ladies and gentlemen boys and girls if that's a problem to you as a human being on this planet 
you have more issues than just well we'll just leave it at you have more issues maybe be sure you listen to the new Harry Prince Harry former Prince Harry and Oprah's new show the me you can't see I know we're looking forward to it I saw that they dropped the trailer over the weekend and man it looks good it looks good it's like an eight minute trailer it's got Lady Gaga it's got Glenn Close it's got Harry Megan makes an appearance wearing her little t-shirt that reads Raising the Future <laughs> oh, it's gonna be great on Apple Plus TV I'm looking so forward to it and it's going to break the stigma of being labeled the other you know <laughs> it starts out with the words you've heard around mental health crazy lost it can't keep it together yeah well maybe if you're lgbtq union rep and you get a little wound up over good afternoon ladies and gentlemen boys and girls uh maybe that uh, you're a little low on medication. Maybe. It's just a thought. It's just a thought on my part. It's just a thought. Look, we all are crazy. i just leave it there. All right, yeah, we're all crazy. That's the series of my new show on Apple TV+. Plus. We're all crazy now. Actually, Apple TV Plus hasn't called me back for that show, but... You know, I'm here for them if they need it. You know what I watched? Oh, plus on HBO Max. Speaking of Apple TV Plus that I don't watch and don't have, I was watching HBO Max and the new show Hack with Gene Smart. Really funny. Really, really funny. And Gene Smart is great in it. And it's, you know, it's uh, politically incorrect stuff. Uh, kind of dark. It's really good. Um, the two first two episodes dropped uh, last week, and then uh, there's going to be two episodes that are going to be released on a weekly basis through June 10th. So it's a 10 episode season. Uh, looking forward to the next two. It's really funny, really good, and worth watching. Um, she plays a, an older comedian, legendary Las Vegas comedy diva. And she gets sent a new writer, this 25-year-old, to help freshen up the material and them getting to know each other and her, you know, realizing that she needs to, you know, get younger uh, for the audience. And it's just a, you know, it's just a, it's a fun, it's a fun ride. Hack on HBO Max. Gene Smart, and HBO, and she's in the other HBO Max show with What's-Her-Face and, uh, you know, what's it call it? You know what I'm talking about. Mayor of Easttown on HBO Max with Kate Winslet. Yes. And Gene Smart is in that too. She's awesome. And I think, what's Gene, 69 now? She's still working strong. She lost her husband last year. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. I'm a huge fan of Gene Smart. And, you know, Kate Winslet isn't bad either. But I digress. So back to the crazies. Yeah, no, I'm not talking about uh, Jennifer Aniston and Amy Schumer, who says, we're all just hanging on by a thread. I'm talking about the other crazies, uh, Harry and Meghan. But I see Harry is back in the news again, other than promoting his silly new show with Oprah and, you know, being out there doing interviews on podcasts. 
uh, he claimed on a podcast that the First Amendment is bonkers. <laughs> yeah, I know, Harry. It sure is. You know, you coming from, I don't know, another country and all should zip it. But, you know, I know that those, <laughs> our Constitution, that whole thing is just bonkers, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that First Amendment, too. You know, the one that Congress make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting its free exercise. That one. You know, the one that protects freedom of speech and the press and assembly and the right to petition the government for a redress of grievances. You know, that amendment. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's bonkers. Man, it is bonkers, isn't it? It sure is. And he even said in the interview, you know, being new to this country, yeah, you are. Uh, we're letting you stay here. Uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if you're new to this country and uh, you want to start bad-mouthing the Constitution of the United States of America, maybe it's time to leave. I'm sure he's here on his visitor's visa. So, but I mean, I know that won't happen because it's Prince Harry. I get it. Don't worry. And I know that, you know, he's going to uh, be on uh, the Commission on Information Disorder. What the hell is that? It's going to conduct studies with 14 other people on a panel to analyze the spread of incorrect information throughout the country. As I've said, the experience of today's digital world has us inundated with an avalanche of misinformation affecting our ability as individuals as well as societies to think clearly and truly understand the world we live in. It's my belief, this is Prince Harry speaking, it's my belief that this is a humanitarian issue and as such it demands a multi-stakeholder response from advocacy voices, members of the media, academic researchers, and both government and civil society leaders. Yeah, that whole spread of misinformation, <laughs> the First Amendment thing. <laughs> uh, as I've got so much I want to say about the First Amendment, I sort of understand it, but it is bonkers. <laughs> I don't want to start going down the First Amendment route because that's a huge subject of one which I don't understand because I've only been here for a short time. <laughs> but you can find a loophole in anything. <laughs> you can capitalize or exploit what's not said rather than uphold what is said. Ugh. Ugh. Here you go, Harry. Zip it. That whole First Amendment thing is bonkers. But it's good because we're going to have him sitting on that darn board. The commission. I'm sorry, did I call it a board? I, it's a commission. Commission on Information Disorder. Yeah, boy, do I want somebody that thinks the First Amendment is bonkers to be on that commission. Uh, no, uh, no, I do not. I want to thank uh, Natalie for emailing chewingthefat at theblaze.com. Her email reads, Hello, I saw this story and it made me think of the best podcast ever, uh, which is Chewing the Fat. Thank you. This feels awfully similar to your cardboard cutout idea from the beginning of the pandemic. CTF proves itself to be a trendsetter yet again. I just thought it might make you smile. You are awesome. Thanks for the great work you do. 
And Natalie gives me 20 stars. Yes, thank you. Now, if you are a subscriber, you know that you can rate and review this podcast. And I've made it easy for you so you don't have to think about it. Just, you know, rate it 20 stars and best podcast ever. Obviously, Natalie is following the CTF rules. Now, I will say I looked at the BRB bot from Charmin. And it is similar. It is something that you should have done when I told you at the beginning of this pandemic, you just have a cutout of your face to set in front of the camera. So you can do whatever you want behind the camera. You can go to the bathroom. You can do what some of those other guys were doing. I think you know what I'm talking about. And you can, some of them, uh, some women were taking care of a little fitness too with their lovers. But I digress. You just put the head up and you're fine. You're good to go. You can dress whatever way you want. You have the same outfit on. It's shirt and tie. You're good to go. It's just a cutout you set in front of the camera. And, you know, I should have actually sold those. But their BRB bot from Charmin is actually, a, you know, it's just a funny little thing. It's, it's, it's really not real. <laughs> and the commercial that they put together for the go lab by Charmin. It's actually, it looks like a better bit than Saturday night live has done in forever. It's really funny. And they, they poked fun at the needless gadgetry. They showed their own little devices in the video. It's, and you record, uh, you record yourself with different, you know, social with different facial expressions and laughing. And then you use that when you, want to go away from your zoom calls and it's just you know using technology and it's funny uh and it's just a way to promote uh, you know charmin and uh, that's all it's just raising brand awareness which is most important in today's world because we don't know about charmin but proctor and gramble wants to make sure we spend a little money on that and it's anyway it's funny and it's really funny and i i was looking i swear to you saturday night live should have done this ages ago but they didn't and uh, i can tell you i could play the it's better to see it than to hear the audio for those of you listening uh, live today on the 17th of may 2021 uh just know that i will play this commercial during chewing the fat during on pat unleashed this coming wednesday okay you can look forward to the brb bot commercial during chewing the fat segment on Pat Unleashed this coming Wednesday, the 19th of May, 2020. I have so much I want to talk to you about today. I really want to, uh, I mean, we've got uh, China landing on Mars. They landed a spacecraft on Mars. Uh, my comment to that is uh, we're a little busy. Uh, find another planet. That's ours. Okay. We had the U.S. Navy releasing a UFO encounter where a, uh, a an object flies over the ocean and then goes underwater. And so we've seen that happen before in other videos released. I think that's our technology. I know that uh, some of the UFO stuff from some of our military people have we've been asked who've said, you know, we don't know if it's uh, UFOs or if it's our technology or if it's our, you know, enemy's technology. Let's hope it's ours or, you know, somebody from another planet, I guess, would be better than someone who is our enemy. We have to believe that someone from another planet isn't our enemy, don't we? Yeah, we have to. 
We have to. We've got to believe that. We have. It was so much. We had the CDC director. Uh, you know, we had new mask mandates or unmask mandates. But according to the CDC director, and you know, I love Dr. Rochelle Walensky, and she wanted to clear some of the you know confusion up over the mask mandates with the unmasking it's not permission for widespread removal of face coverings so (laughs) those of you that you know wait for your orders from the cdc she's made it clear that these mask mandate changes are not permission for widespread removal of those face coverings okay so if you're vaccinated you're you can you know, be safe as long as you're around other people that are vaccinated. But don't, don't you, don't you dare go by, go around someone who's not vaccinated. Oh man, no, 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 no. Now you can if you, you know, you're wearing a mask and you're suited up and you guys, you know, socially distance away from each other. But really, you don't want to be around those unvaccinated people. No, nobody wants to be around those people. I saw a story where uh, De Niro was injured on his movie set. They're filming in Oklahoma, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. And I saw their release on Instagram. They released, uh, uh, what's his face, DiCaprio in uh, one of their posts as they were you know, teased making of this film. It's a Source AC film. And it's about, uh, it's about this guy in the 1920s in Oklahoma that uh, is a serial killer and he murders for oil and he murders, you know, the Osage nation and he murders his family, whatever. He's just a murder, bad guy, a perfect character for Robert De Niro. I might add a perfect character, but he got hurt and he had to go back to New York. And when I first saw the headline, I thought "Mm, probably not true. He probably got some time off and went back to New York, but he did hurt himself on the set. He said, that uh, he hurt his quad muscles while filming. Now, I don't know what he was doing in the movie. Uh, He said he was stepping over something and he just went down and the pain was excruciating. And and now he has to get it fixed. And he said, that's what happens when you get older. You have to be prepared for unexpected things. Duh, no kidding. And so he's happy that the role is kind of a sedentary role and he doesn't have to move around. I'm sure that they will change some scenes around if he can't move properly for the role but of course it's about a bad guy who kills indians and kills people over that evil oil so uh and of course he wants to be that role and he plays that part perfectly because he's such a douche and we also got news from our administration uh that they are going to divert two billion dollars from the COVID 19 funds to house migrant children at the border. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful that he can just move money around like that? I thought when President when President Trump was in office and he tried to divert some money from one of those other, I don't know, departments, you know, like the military, just a branch of the government, and he decided to move it to build some of the fence some of the border wall. He was told he couldn't do that because that money was earmarked for the military. So I wonder if Mr. Biden, 
President Joseph Robinette Biden will be able to just divert $2 billion to house migrant children at the border when that money was earmarked for other COVID-19 emergency funds. Huh, is anyone going to stop him from that? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Huh, and I see where we had new news about JFK. Now, this new news, I guess, came out due to a uh, Washington Post reporter, Carol uh, Lenig's new book, Zero Fail, The Rise and Fall of the Secret Service. And they're documenting, you know, presidential history from the service's point of view, how inadequate the budgets are, uh, you know, and the difficulty of the different people that they have to uh, cover or protect. And they talked about the difficulty of protecting JFK and how he had asked them to back off on the day that he was assassinated because he wanted to, you know, the idea was for the people to see him. And he, you know, I, then I have to, you know, I do these stories about JFK being shot in Dallas and I have to do my, you know, my favorite Kennedy joke. (laughs) Don't forget he had breakfast in uh, Fort Worth on the morning uh, of his assassination before he came into Dallas for the parade. And, uh, this has always been an ongoing battle between Fort Worth and Dallas. And because Fort Worth says, Hey, he was fine when he left here. You can use that if you want. So welcome to Aletha Johnson and Phoebe Bottoms. Yes, they are the authors of Mom Jokes, Dad Jokes Only Smarter, according to (laughs) these two. Uh, As I was uh, perusing the Mom Jokes book and laughing uh, quite a bit throughout the book, um, I appreciate it. It was fun. I'm sure you had fun doing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Although it's, uh, how many jokes did you go through and are laying on the floor right now? Just think, ah, that's not even funny. We could, I mean, we could write an entirely, we could write two separate books of things that weren't appropriate for this book and things that weren't oh, yeah. good enough for it. <laughs> so there's a trilogy coming out at some point. I like the not appropriate <laughs> for this book. That's really good. Yeah. The adult mom jokes. Because you, you know, you kind of have to play with where the bar is in order to figure out where the jokes actually lie that, you know. Right. You got to go, so, run the whole gamut. Yeah, I'm you fasc- really do. I'm fascinated. You two, uh, you know, did the book together, and you would think that your mom's. Shh, you're not. Don't I'm, tell anybody. I'm very pregnant, so that was this was oh. a way for me to uh, sort of deal <laughs> with the uh, impending motherhood. And I also, I was a live-in nanny for newborns and toddlers for 12 years. So I've had the soft of my thigh bitten while trying to put someone's shoe on. I don't know how many times. And I've been sticky for the entirety of that career. So, you know, I have, yeah, just always sticky. And I I babysat a lot and I watched my mom raise three insane children. And, you know, we also have a lot of friends who have kids and yeah. A lot of very funny friends of ours have kids and just kind of wanted to, uh, I mean, essentially I'm going to be Phoebe's son's second mom. Right. Of course. <laughs> yeah. 
She's she's better be she better be prepping for it too because the book also acts as a manual as well as a you know fluff piece. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's actually uh, you know as a manual, you would think that it's possible that a female may read this and think, "I don't want children." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's definitely uh, it can also be used as birth control, which is right. great. It's a very you know it's got a lot of universal applications. So as as uh, as part of uh, chewing the fat, which you are joining now, thank you. Uh, you know, a lot of times we talk. Uh, I do do some uh, you know dad jokes from time to time, and I will be using some of your mom jokes to uh, entertain the audience from time to time. But when in your in your studies and your thought process and your uh, research, when do you as parents, and I know the answer as a parent, but uh, when do you get over the fact that your kids are going to embarrass you no matter what you do? <laughs> I mean, I my plan is to just feed them information that I want screamed in the middle of a grocery store. <laughs> really like, like target the messaging and be like, you know, this is... This is the world until you stop telling everybody everything about our entire lives and really indoctrinate them with some grade A interpersonal propaganda. <laughs> so, well, that sounds know, good. <laughs> I have five nieces and nephews that I'm, you know, I'm very close with, too. But it was funny. I think maybe my sister-in-law was playing a joke on me. One time I took her kids to the store and they were like, can we? where's the anti-juice? And I was like, what's anti-juice? Anti -juice. And I, I texted my sister-in-law. She was like, you're talking about wine. I call it anti-juice. That is so funny. It's <laughs> like, that's horrible. So when you were together, uh, you know, writing the book and you're getting mom jokes together, I mean, obviously all of them are smarter than any dad jokes on the planet. I know that, please. <laughs> Did you did you find some that you really said, you know, that you enjoyed obviously more than others? Like what? We'll just break it down. Your favorite mom joke. Yeah, without question. They you know, they're all our children, but some children you like more than others. Some I, do, do a little bit more work than some I of the always, other. I I always get a kick out of this one. If I'm feeling nice, I let my kids lick the batter off the mixer. If I'm feeling extra nice, I turn it off first. Right there you go. Thank you. And if, uh, I, and, and if I'm not feeling so nice, I just save it for myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, uh, Lisa, can you do the train one? That's my favorite, but I forgot to write it down. I just I don't <laughs> want to get the wording wrong. <laughs> you be ready I don't know for if I can find it right offhand. I oh, that's fine. Everybody. I can do. Okay. Uh, uh, the best way to get my kid to eat is to say, here comes the choo-choo. And uh, he has a certain amount of time until I untie him from the train tracks. Thank you. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's <laughs> so that it's look, you get the idea. It's I'm going to kill my kid if he doesn't eat his beans. One, so. of, the, one of the things that uh, I enjoyed was, uh, you know, as I was uh, sitting working, I was having my daughter start, you know, plummet through the the mom joke book and i would catch her uh not reading uh, out loud and just laughing and i realized <laughs> that she's actually <laughs> she realized oh yeah that's right that's what we do they're not all you know humor there's so many different types of humor and it's and it was interesting to write this book and like something that you read is funny is sometimes quite a bit different than something that you say is funny you know right 
there's no doubt about that because yeah. actually uh, what makes the joke is that it actually happened and <laughs> you realize as you're reading it oh yeah <laughs> i didn't think yeah. it was funny at the time i'll tell you that yeah, yeah so, though uh, we yeah. find out when your kids uh what your kids think you look like when they dress up like you oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm daddy or i'm mommy well for you it's obviously mommy and the mom jokes and you realize wait i i do I look like that? <laughs> I mean, you most definitely do in their eyes. No question. So yeah. Having a little reflection of yourself running around is definitely, I'm, it will be a sobering experience. <laughs> yes, that's right. So were you, did you decide to have your baby while you were writing the book or were you already pregnant and thought, Hey, we got to get this thing together. It was, uh, I mean, I, I felt like an imposter writing the book without being right. pregnant. So I was like, this was all part of the book tour. Thank you know, you. you gotta, you gotta commit. And <laughs> Lisa. Well, yeah. And I think, I think no commitment. You know, my <laughs> yeah, Lisa, don't you care about the book? Well, I'm saying my being a highly sensitive person. I, you know, I, I feel so hard for moms and I, I, I've watched them. I've watched my mom. I've watched my friends and I can feel it. I can feel it as much as you can feel it without choosing to experience it yourself. If that makes oh, sense. see, yeah, that almost gets you off the hook. <laughs> almost. So, you know, I one of the things that I enjoyed was that uh, you find uh, one of the jokes is a family vacation means planning the entire day of activities. And then your kids only wanting to go back to the hotel and swim. Right. I mean, those are facts. I lived in Florida for a long time. And whenever people come to visit Florida, uh, they come to visit you, which they do. Uh, you realize that they just want to go to the beach. Yeah. I don't, yeah. They don't care about anything else. They just want to go to the beach. So when you go on vacation, it's like, there's the pool. Shut up. Yeah. I, and I love a hotel like that came out of personal experience where uh, the, you know, at a certain point, you're like, our kids are so young, they don't know what things are. So you just get them out of the house and anything is exciting. So our family vacations for a while, uh, my parents would drive us like maybe an hour away to this uh, Best Western that half the pool was outside and half the pool was inside. Nice. And me and my little brother were like, I can't imagine something more exciting like we don't want to go to the metropolitan and look at impressionism no we wanted to swim between a flap that gave you an indoor and outdoor experience <laughs> yeah. and i you know i was like all right i want i want to go to perkins for 15 minutes and get a pancake and then i want to hop right to back swim. in that pool absolutely no yeah problem. that's fantastic yeah the best western vacations were always the best yeah. Right. It's titular. It's in the title. It's the best possible Western experience you can have. So I was looking at this. I actually probably have some coffee stains on the book, the uh, mom jokes. So like that. <laughs> That's the way it's and intended to be read. Coffee and wine and sticky. stains all over it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so how long you guys uh, got together and decided, you know, we need to put a, together a book for mom jokes. What was the thinking process behind that? Uh, you know, I think there's uh, an entire genre that dads have gotten, and we love dad jokes. Yeah, We're big old the fans of the them. Irony is, we could probably we just love humor, and I grew up with a very corny and you know lovely dad, and uh, 
you know, I worship his sense of humor. It, I could have just as easily probably written a dad joke, <laughs> but I have even less credibility there. <laughs> uh, but I, th- I think that there's like, there's an element of the mom joke where, you know, it's, it's hyper realism. Like there's, it's such a different concept and we're like, this is a fun, you know, this is a fun way of, exploring a universal experience because every mom is sleepy and every mom is covered in crumbs and I think that there's there's really not as much emphasis put on that until pretty recently like it's just kind of become something that people talk about all the time well it's because of you and mom jokes it Uh, is us your your book you're the authors of what has started the craze toward making a realization that moms do exist it looks like a one-liner joke book, but I think on the third or fourth read, you'll find that it's really an effective feminist manifesto. <laughs> should be considered as such. I mean, each every mom knows, right, that uh, they realize that they don't know when they're going to be able to take a shower or go to the bathroom by themselves. Right. Yeah. There's no time for themselves, right? They all realize that uh, every every mom that's married and has mm-hmm. a husband and other children realize that uh, the kids don't know and aren't going to ask dad, even though he's in the house and he's in the yeah. bathroom over, it's going to be the question for mom, right? It's going yeah. to be, don't you know, I've had, lives here too. <laughs> I had, uh, I've had, I had really, really bad morning sickness with this pregnancy and it was a, you know, difficult, like, experience of just being sick constantly but one day i was like oh this is the last time i'm ever gonna be sick without someone needing something from me it's just a vacation and then as soon as that happened i'm like it's just a vacation i wobbled out to my husband i was like this is actually really great i can just lay in the bathtub for three months and And no one needs anything from me nobody wants anything from you that's fine just leave her be Yes. <laughs> and your husband is trying to do everything for you. Like what I presume what you will do once you have another one is to keep the kid out of your way. But yeah, he's going to need something from me or like my husband, Matt, who's been just spectacular through all of this. Oh, of course is, he has. Of he's course just, he's he a gem. But he, you know, if I'm out of commission, he's got two things to juggle. And, uh, you know, right now we just have three dogs. So oh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's that's a, yeah, an soon, easy. Soon it's going to be kick the dogs outside, and that's going to be the end of it. Right? Did you take care of the dogs? Yes, I did. Or the dogs are going to take care of the kid. They'll just band together and raise it as as their own. That, that could happen, and has happened in the past, no question. Yeah. So, uh, mom jokes available wherever books are sold. Right. Yes. I mean, I don't have to go to your house and knock on your door and say, "Hey." But please do. You'll be it. more than welcome. Oh, please. Yeah, we'll have a little stand set up. Nice. Mom break. jokes with some of the letters written backwards All at the, right. you know, the canopy. Mom joke, ladies. <laughs> yes, your your local bookstore, wherever you normally buy books. I'm just about anywhere that, I mean, we all know a lot of people do it online. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, support your, your local... Uh, so is there any uh, is there any word on a an audio version? Are you two uh, have you put together an audio version of mom jokes yet for the audience? That's an interesting uh, idea. I don't think that is an interesting idea. Uh, you're I, welcome. It, by the way, <laughs> you'll uh, get royalties for it. Do you want to be the reader? You have a wonderful voice. I would I would love to do it, except that I'm 
guessing that mom jokes probably needs to be done by a female, but it Go might up be an octave. It might be funnier from a guy, actually. Yeah, I, think I think there's some jokes in particular that could be read. That's not a bad idea either. Yeah. Have, have the mom jokes uh, done by male and female readers. Be really we just get different celebrities to read each one. I think there's what seven hundred jokes. There's just like three hundred oh, pages. As long as, we're, as long as we're talking, you know, trying to put something together, maybe we just do the grocery store read and there it is. people yeah. down aisle four. <laughs> Kroger to read page two and page three is aisle five. Yep. And they just ask the moms to read the jokes. This is a very Just effective a meeting. <laughs> no, it's great. No judgment in brainstorming. I think that's, everything. That's what these Zoom meetings are supposed to be. Exactly. Just to put things together. Okay, uh, Lisa, I know you guys are busy and got a lot of things to do. Lisa and Phoebe, thank you for joining me on Chewing the Fat today. I appreciate it. Good luck with the book, Mom Jokes. Very funny. Good stuff. I'm glad you guys put it together. And uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you guys succeed with it. Thank you. Very thank much. you so much for having us. This is great. Oh,